Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. You're like, I don't know what happened this trip, man. It It's made you like clockwork. It's like, you know, exactly. You come on exactly five minutes to and you're like, wow. You're like, you, you turned over a new leaf. It's like you're a new person. What? Because I used to log in at night. I know. I used to log in anytime. Like the, I would get emails in the middle of the night going, Dutch has entered. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> what are you doing, well, man? That's because... <laughs> When I get up, I want to just be able to slip over here and get into it. So ah, I'm, okay. I'm getting late. I'm getting like late here. There's something about you know getting up at. I'm I'm like dark, dark. I mean, dude, I dude. get up. At, did you want me to? Did you want to push the show? Push the time out later? Because no, no, be... no, no. That's not what the, <laughs> the the problem is. When are we gonna get rid of time change? Of course, I'm waiting no, for never. Because that means I get up early and the sun's up. Haven't we tried like a two or three times already? Or at least uh, in California, we've tried it two or three times already. And we haven't been able to do it because someone's always striking it down. as not being useless. There's, useful. there's got to be, there's somebody somewhere likes it. Yeah. Well, that's like, a, that's what I said. Whenever something, whenever there's something annoying going on or awful going on or something, there's always somebody somewhere thinking oh you know this is this is benefiting me so they're gonna leave it <laughs> the the pro the pro time change lobbies are uh are winning uh at the moment so well i need to i need to redouble my efforts then because <laughs> my lobbying I mean, i've been lobbying this for 10 years and, and made no impact in fact i thought trump by executive order ought to end it and oh, i yeah. think I think he'd be elected if he would just put that as his platform. I will end daylight savings time. <laughs> that and legalizing marijuana, right? <laughs> One for each side. <laughs> mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Somebody uh, was saying that uh, he was bitching and complaining about Trump, but he said he'd still vote for him anyway because he's he's enough of a disruptor to just cause chaos, and that's what he wants oh, yeah. is chaos. And I'm like... Yeah, you know, chaos is not bad. I like, inaction is good too, but chaos is good. <laughs> uh, stability is a it's a false it's a false flag. Not it's a, a myth. False flag, it's not stability right is a myth. That's it is a, that, it, well, go ahead. No, is that that's the thing that a lot of people think that when things are calm and there's no war and everything's fine, they think that that's the normal normal order of things. But it's actually the opposite. Right. It's, the the reality is is that this, we're just a thin veneer of civilization over Romanian, all this so chaos. Go back to, to the Pax Romana. Pax Romana. Am I yeah. saying it right? Pax, 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 Pax Romana? Pax. Pax. Yeah. The Peace of Rome. Yeah. yeah. Which, if I remember from reading, it wasn't nearly as peaceful as we think it was. <laughs> well, peace then and peace now are different kinds of peace, right? Well, I'm sure they are, but I don't know what the differences would be. <laughs> the difference would be they let people alone and didn't mess with them except to come take their taxes and steal all their money. Right. Oh, wait, that's exactly the way they do now. <laughs> the people who steal the money have changed, but the, the theft continues to this day. 
it's kind of like uh the whole are you still there the whole yeah, uh if you think about all these myths that have been rewritten right like the robin hood myth where they're like oh mm -hmm. he steals from the rich and gives to the poor and they're thinking about but that's not what they did he stole he was basically taking back the taxes that the sheriff had or whoever had taken from the people right so there he was They're returning the, the possessions not stealing from people who were rich he was he was returning the possessions right and it's the same for all, a lot of these myths are are just messed up politically well, that's why they're myths if they were if they weren't messed up then they would be called history <laughs> but history's messed up too history's history history continues um when I when I was getting my undergrad, uh, one of the professors there at, at my college was a uh, scholar uh, in the Alamo, mm -hmm. and so we would every so often we would be uh, not in class. I didn't have him, but um, he would talk to us about how the Alamo was not exactly the way it's being portrayed. Okay, and so he, which makes more sense, more or less, uh, lit kind of lit lit the fire under me to what kind of watch as the as the as the history changes now the mm -hmm. myth never changes mm -hmm. the history does change and there's but there are more survivors and you know it, it comes out and it wasn't exactly the way it was told in the john wayne movie and yes it's, it's close but there's some other things that were going on and that just you know it was like 100 and that was probably about 150 years ago and i'm like History is still changing 150 years ago. Mm -hmm. You would think it'd be history and historical fact. You couldn't change it. But as they unearth uh, manuscripts or letters or diaries or something like that, it was sometimes in documentation, uh, uh, actual, um, uh, not birth certificates, because they, they didn't come out until later, but um, like... Uh, but um in the not not the bible well some of that is the genealogy within bibles and that kind of stuff a lot of those were passed down mm -hmm. through the ages yeah um and all this stuff eventually it comes out sooner or later somebody will look for it and say oh you know this is this is not the way it really was this is how it really was yeah and it, it could come out at any time year hundreds could, of hundreds of years thousands of years after the fact Later, the fact, and what and was it? I saw this the other day that there was something in Pythagoras in his book, uh, Elements, I think, written like mm, 2,500 years ago, maybe, tw maybe nearly mm, over 2,500 years ago. Right. Something in there's a line, a sentence. I just saw this last week. I didn't read it very well. Otherwise, I'd do a better job explaining it. Um, there's some line in there that hinted at a field of mathematics that has been untouched for three, two and a half centuries. Wow. Uh, two and a half millennia. So if that can happen that is nothing is ever as solid as we think it is, mm -hmm. which is fine with me. I'm like, okay, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you get, you're just a, um, uh, somebody I know used to her metaphor was were just a surfer on the on the on the on the sea of change. That's yep. basically her thing. And yep. yep, we're just riding the wave. That's all we're doing. Yeah. 
But if you think about it, I mean, it's just like what we were talking about with science, right? Somebody would think, oh, history. Oh, that's settled, right? But every time uh, we find something lady, new, it's not settled. It, it's unsettled. Yeah. And, you know, that even science, though, does that more frequently than we think. That's go back. That's that's the talk whenever paradigms when we in the nineties when paradigms came out. Oh, paradigm of this and paradigm of that. It was yeah. the marketers grabbed hold of it and said, "Oh, there's a new paradigm." Blah 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 blah. And paradigms like, oh, are shifting. Is, yes, all that kind of. <laughs> we have a new paradigm. Our product is a new paradigm. The way I'm like, okay, let me read <laughs> on this. So I, I read I read Thomas Kuhn's uh, most of it. I haven't read the whole thing yet. Um, about what paradigms were, and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, I think they're more they're they're less frequent than what people are portraying them as currently. They don't change that easily." Yeah. So, no, I, I, I I'm totally into that. That's, but but that's if 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 anything, they things change. But we we I think well we've talked about truth in the past many times and many times many times and the thing is is that we can never we can no longer although as far as I'm concerned it's much it's much easier to be to fake things nowadays than it ever has been right it's much easier to create literally have you absolutely false things have you and, have you and, missed the whole thing about uh of uh, influencers that's the whole thing about that they're not philosophers they're influencers yeah well that's i find really funny about that the whole term influencer like aren't you somebody that just <laughs> is it really uh, a profession saying, i mean come on is it really kidding? a profession <laughs> there's some there are people making billions of dollars doing that yeah, and how are they uh, making millions of dollars? They 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 gain an audience. They're being famous. Yeah, they gain they're, they gain an audience. Famous. They're famous for they, being famous. They got an audience. They're being famous, and people pay for for they're paying for eyeballs. They're paying so for access to the audience. Market. Yeah, it's a different form of marketing, but it is marketing nonetheless. Yeah, and the only real difference is that it's the legitimacy. The legitimacy. The legitimacy comes from social proof purely from social mm -hmm. proof right because if you think about think about celebrities prior to influencers right they had to have done something else other than just put themselves out on the internet to try and gather eyeballs I, oh i thought you were going to say the silver screen i thought you were going well that's to what i'm saying that. it was it was movies it was tv it was some some other type of medium and they were they were constructed because it was it was yes. a lot more difficult to become an influencer back then because there was the cabal, the cabals of Hollywood and whoever con and, and media distribution yeah controlling it's the same it's much the same nowadays but for a while there there was a slim pe a period where they were allowing just anybody to put their okay, stuff so out there a question jumping on my mind is how come the cabal let go of the reins of control of channels and let all these people suddenly jump into the fray. Because what they happened. I'll tell you what happened. Because it the technology advanced ahead of where the cabal, but, but, cabal but was. Why did the cabal allow that to happen? Because they, they couldn't get their hands on it quick enough. I mean uh, I think and, they I think it, they it, have it, more it, hands on it than that. But no, it's different now. Ahead. I mean I, I, I went through this before. The the every time there's this 
sort of sea change in communication where all of a sudden the people get to communicate right we talked there about is that. there is a period of time between the 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 launch of the platform and the control of the platform because the platform needs to expand quickly and when the platform needs to expand quickly pretty much all bets are off and anything is allowed right right but then eventually it gets to a point where wait a minute some of the messages that are here we don't want those messages going out we want to control the narrative so they mm -hmm. start they start controlling the narrative they start messing with the results okay. and that's why oddly incorrect has two listeners right <laughs> yeah well you know we need to find the guy that has a, their finger on our button <laughs> No, but that's that's the way it is for without all of these things. And the thing is, that's the beauty of the internet is the is the internet gave the ability for regular Joes to Joes and Janes to put their message out there, right? Because well, it, it was a peer to peer I, I, network. It's a peer it's a peer to peer network. This we've never okay, had anything so like wait that. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! You and I've been putting our message out there for what nearly three years. Yeah, but it's already this. The platform is controlled. That's what I'm trying to say: is that the time for you to blow into blow into popularity on these things is right after the platform's launched. Once the platform, like the the time oh, between, if you can get in between the launch and the control, then you're golden. But once the control has set in, then it's almost impossible unless you're kowtowing to what the cabal wants to hear or wants to share that's when you get you get shared that's when you show up at the top of search results and things like that you see what i'm saying yeah i understand what you're saying is it's yeah. it's like it's uh, it's almost the same thing there's a there's a metaphor of let me see if i can get it right there's the pioneers and then there's the towns, the the gamblers and the hustlers and all and all the hustlers. Right. And then there's the the merchants come along, and then the merchants don't like what's happening with the hustlers and the prostitutes, so they bring in the law. Yeah. And the law uh, does the does the conformity thing yep. and drives out all the hustlers and and the gamblers that everybody wanted, to, or kicked it all off. And then they bring in the boring suburbs eventually <laughs> yeah but that that takes time it that does takes, it takes, but it takes it's is i think it's, i was gonna say it's happening more at a faster rate but i don't oh think yeah it it's happening much faster because I, no i i think i think we're getting accustomed a, a to process but i don't think it, because what will happen is those the those uh hustlers and they find a scene and they exploit it mm -hmm. right they find they find an unregulated scene somewhere and and there's probably plenty of them out there we just don't know yeah and they exploit it and then they the they attract a crowd uh, mm -hmm. it's almost the same thing they attract the crowd uh, or an audience the audience comes they like they like that but they don't really like they're unseemly type people mm -hmm. so let's mm -hmm. get rid of the unseemly type people and and we'll we'll legalize all this or or codify it and make it um, um 
socially acceptable while the hustlers and grafters and grifters and move on to the next exploitable area. Right. You and I are, we're, we tend, I think both of us tend to be at the back edge of the grifters side. Mm. <laughs> That's because we don't want to be at the front end. That's because we don't want to be at the front end. Well, because the risks are there. And and I don't know. I mean, I think you take more risk than I do, but I know I'm risk averse. I I like the idea and I try to follow it. But when it comes, when it, when it comes down to it, putting my foot on the accelerator and jumping into it. (laughs) Well, that's because we're afraid of the, of the, effects we're afraid of fame dude (laughs) it's not that we're afraid of fame we're afraid we're afraid of getting banned for life (laughs) what are you talking about i'm banned well why aren't you why don't you back on twitter Twitter again why don't you back on x again you can get back on just create a new account i can get back on that's the principle of the thing (laughs) my name is banned okay my account is dutch underscore driver i think it's you. You just said it in that one statement. It's the principle of the thing. It's the these principle. people don't give a shit about principles. Nobody I cares never said about, about principles. It. You think these influencers care about principles? It's what it's whatever know. brings in the eyeballs. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's true. Uh, what was it yesterday or the day before? I saw something where they were going around punching people for likes and clicks, and they yeah. admitted that's what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, let's take that and um, okay. So you're gonna you're gonna come out, you're gonna punt, you're being a nefarious so and so, and you do your nefarious so and so for like ten years or so, and you get your name known as a nefarious so, and yes. then you have um, uh, redemption, and you you change your you have a major change over and so you take the audience that was following you as an evil guy and convert it over same same principle almost of of converting it over to a an acceptable audience and you're now the good guy and the reason i'm thinking of this is you think about humphrey bogart okay bogart's like one of the biggest names in film right Mm -hmm. but he started off as the as the heavy and yep. there are lots of them that start off as the heavy and they become uh, the good guy. And I, who's the other one I'm trying to think of? Um, Edward G. Robinson was one of those. Yep. Uh, Jim, Jimmy Cagney was one of those. And uh, uh, Alan Rickman was one of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, what's his name? Gary uh, Oldman. Gary Oldman's, yeah, and he's really good at it too. So, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys, they 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 get the fame, but they get their fame for being nefarious or you know something like that. Yeah. So they're they're but then they're, they convert they're compelling it so, because they're bad guys. <laughs> they're compelling. They get our attention because they're bad guys. Correct. Yeah. But then they convert that notoriety into a a career where they're second leads or, or romantic leads or something. I'm trying to think of a romantic lead that started that way. Well, I think the thing is kind of so like that. Those were the days though. The, things are much more fickle. No, no, I think it's, it, I think it's uh-uh. still the same. I think they still do that kind of, it's no, the best way to start them. I disagree because I've disagree? talked to some people. Yeah. I've talked to some people uh, in this world currently influencers, current influencers on X mm-hmm. 
who, mm-hmm. if they waver at all from the message that they have put out there, boom, they drop followers like a stone. Everybody expects really? you to do what you're doing. It's not like then when you could slowly move your audience towards, oh, Gary Oldman used to be a really always paid the heavy now he's playing a slightly less heavy now he's playing a dad now he's playing so you can slowly move your followers towards a new person to to where to them being in different roles but nowadays it's happened so quickly that you can drop but you can lose all of your popularity if you stop well if you if you stop communicating that's one thing if you so influencers have to continuously put out content And part of that continuous content that they have to put out has to be on brand. Because if they start putting stuff out that's off brand, people will drop them like like a stone in seconds. So if they're willing to, if they have enough of a, like somebody like Mr. Beast has enough of an audience that he can take, he can do sort of innovative things that are slightly outside of the box for him because he's okay with losing, you know, 10,000 followers a day or something can, like that. Because he can drop, he's got his, his brand is probably I don't want to say change, but his brand is experimentation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He experiments with it. So exactly. That's... Well, it's like Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss does stuff like that too. He's he's Mr. Experimenter. He does he experiments with right. stuff on himself all the time. Mm-hmm. But some of these other brands, they've they've become what they are. Like, for example, I had a guy on my show who I interviewed who was an AI um influencer on on uh, mm-hmm. X, right? And he had a hundred thousand followers or something like that. And He's started to pivot to more generic business stories because he realized that sort of like this AI thing was petering out, right? And what ended up happening is that he lost so many followers. It just like his follower numbers just dropped like a stone. And I'm thinking to myself, that's exactly what can happen now because we, we are totally connected to the fickleness of the crowd, right? And okay, so, wait, wait, they can wait, be wait. so they can they can just drop off in seconds. So you can have a huge dip, and some people might stay with you, and you might want to rebuild that that audience. But all of these influencers are so. Not only do they have to create content all the time, all that content has to be on brand, and they're stuck doing that. And that's, <laughs> I don't want to be that person. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be that person. Wait a minute! Somebody's trying to call me. Hang on. Same time again? What's going on? Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit. Sorry. No, 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 no don't leave. I, I know you want to talk, but don't don't leave because this is a uh the call probably interrupted what I was thinking. <laughs> um we were talking about being on oh, I know what it is. So imagine that you Create a hit. You're a, you're an 18 year old kid. Yeah. And you write a super hit. And this thing, like you're not quite a one hit wonder. You maybe have a couple of albums come out. Yeah, so it you goes got, to the moon. You gotcha. But you're going to yeah. be playing that song every night for the rest of your life. <laughs> Can you imagine what that's like for those people? Oh, it's it's not. I mean, maybe it's fun. Maybe it's not. But depends on the song. Like the, depends on if you hate it or not. <laughs> well, it's it, the the people that are in the concert obviously love it. So you come in there and okay, 
play with this song. We're going to play it with uh, a reggae. Can you imagine what that's like? You go in there and you know, the crowd's, well, you know, it's your song. You created it. You Dude, should be able to do what you want to with it. That is the that is the endless dichotomy. Every musician has to go through that, right? Every musician has to go through, do I want to play what I want to play or do I want to play what my audience wants to hear, right? And that's the same for everybody. If you well, are... I mean, there are people... So how do you introduce new material? And 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 that's kind of like comedians. They go they go. Um, they don't call it workshop it, but it's kind of the same thing. You go to the small comedy clubs to throw the new stuff out there so that you're not. Yeah, but your new stuff again has to be in line on brand. If your new stuff's not on brand, well, if it's gonna if you're gonna put it in the main show, yes, I agree. Um, if you're going to put like. Um, What's his name? I never get it. I always want to call him Julio Iglesias, but it's not. It's, it's um, but well, fluffy. I can't remember his name. Gabriel. Gabriel. For some reason, Gabriel Iglesias. I mean, he, he. You go back and watch his old stuff, and it's just as funny. I mean, it's a little bit got a little bit more blue in it, uh, comedy, but he's pretty clean comic and is safe and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You go. He's very safe. Mm-hmm. And he's got huge audiences. I mean, we watch him. I watch him every week on, pardon me, on his YouTube, whatever he puts out. He's he's a great storyteller. He's very funny. Mm-hmm. And but you know, how does he break in? He, okay, I want to, I want to, I want to break this character. This is almost like Garth Brooks doing. Uh, what's his name? Well, it's like what happened with Pee Wee Herman and 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 going into that porno theater. <laughs> he wanted to destroy his old character. Oh, he did that on intention. Apparent. That's what we. That's what people are theorizing, is that he did that intentionally to to destroy the Pee Wee Herman character. But hmm. uh, that seems well, seems that kind of it. seems kind of radical. But <laughs> well, so it goes back when we were talking redemption. I mean, same thing with with Nixon. So what is? Oh yeah, the, I wanted to talk process? about Nixon actually. Uh, okay, but. Well, we great minds think alike. <laughs> but go ahead. I had to. I had to bring it up every once in a while for you to catch up. But that's okay. <laughs> what, Nixon. What, what was it you wanted to talk about? Because we kind. I went off on the band things because I thought about that for a long time. Is is that you're stuck doing? You create it, but you can't change it. And you know because your fans. So you. Well, you created it in the moment of your of the like musicians yeah. struggle, musicians, creators, everybody, writers, everybody who creates anything like that struggles with this conundrum all the time. It's do I write what I want to write, what I want to write, or do I write what people want to read? Right? But it's the well, same for every there, business. Okay. So you're asking the questions, isn't there in so in there talent in there? Now I will say Malcolm uh, Gladwell does a pretty good job of writing on that. Uh, he's got a reputation. You never know what the book he's going to do mm-hmm. is going to mm-hmm. be about. Yep. So his his brand is is kind of like uh, Tim Ferriss that he's always experimenting, but we are there. We accept that he's experimenting all the time. I mean, we never know what his message is going to be. Right. And we right. accept that. So. But all of a sudden, if he starts coming out with the same book every every other year, it's a you know he, he likes him. Um, I'm trying to think. 
if he were to do um um what's the one i can't remember the book and it's out not not outliers it's the one before that the tipping point if yep. he were to do he needs to see what a revision of the tipping point looks like what 10 15 years later mm-hmm yeah, I wonder. I wonder what he would do. Okay, this is what I said then, and this is kind of like Alton Brown. Every once in a while, he'll in his um, Good Eats revisited. Do you ever watch him? Yeah, yeah, I used to watch him all the time. And he he will go back and look at what he said then, and this is what he thinks now. Now that's an uh, that's a very different thing is to admit you you were a little wrong back then, and this is what I'm thinking now. Anyway, but the thing so, with Malcolm so, Gladwell is that his books are all different. I mean, there's some that are that are closer together. Like, for example, right. Tipping Point Outliers are fairly close together. But then his latest Pretty book close. is really different. So what ends up happening is that people just don't buy it. Right. They'll look at it and they'll go, whoa, this book is super different from this last book. I don't know if I like what I, I like what he did before. I, I see him as doing this type of book and he's not doing this type of book. Well, I won't buy it. Right. So again, it's the same problem. You lose followers, you lose uh, customers by going off brand. You might get some the, new ones. But the chance of, of expanding into a new customer base. Oh, no, no. It's obviously the best thing to do. And if you're a published author, you do that, right? You start off with the book that you think is going to you know make you successful and then you start writing other books and some people stay in the stay in the zone that they're in because they know that's what i'm saying it's like it's the it's the eternal conundrum do you do what you want or do you do what your customers want do you do what your fans want do you is it is it fan service so it's like those musicians right they wrote a song and they wrote it 20 years ago and they have to play it every freaking time <laughs> but they're like i'm sick and tired of hearing this song but I know I'm going to get a standing ovation when I play it. So everyone, you got to balance those things out. Otherwise, you'll drive yourself insane. And you can bring new material in, but if it's too far removed from the material that you've already done, then you're going to you're definitely going to lose you're going to lose people. So do you th- do you think they slip like uh, they'll slip in like a new solo or a new bass line in there? Oh yeah, yeah, they do it all the time. It happens, they, they would change which it up. Is, change it so. That's that's why bootlegs are, are are probably really profitable for somebody. Yeah. Um, because it's a new, it's a different version than it's on the album version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're you're constantly once it in becomes. The, go ahead. You're constantly in that in that battle between those the, between those two things. This this, and of course some some people are more like for like like look at Stephen King right I mean he's totally panders to his audience he knows exactly what his audience wants and every book is sure it's a new concept but it's totally designed to fall into the stephen king brand right and it's not going to be outside pseudonyms yeah (laughs) exactly so what about nixon did you know uh, do you know i mean what is you what are your thoughts on nixon Okay, so when I became politically aware, it was in the time of Nixon's. Let's see, uh, his second term, maybe, probably his second term. May I, 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 I remember Johnson. I remember Johnson 
telling the country he wasn't going to run again. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Then I remember Nixon. I remember um, Humphrey, uh, Hubert Humphrey running. I remember that. This is back when they used to televise the entire um, conventions, both mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, you know, and we hate it because TV was taken over for five for five days with nothing but <laughs> convention stuff. And you're a kid; it's boring, but you learn a lot. Well, yeah, I'm sure it stuck with me. Um, so I was a I was a Nixon because I didn't like the freedom that Humphrey was throwing around. Of course, I mm-hmm. I didn't I was not nearly as stupid as I am now <laughs> about politics. I, I was, it was just, I, I vote for the man, you know, that's, that's the way I vote for the man. I was like my dad back then. I vote for Nixon because I'm not even sure. I, I mean, we're talking about 60 years ago now. Well, Nixon from, I, re- I just read this article. I don't know if you read city journal, but it's this really good yeah. magazine out of, uh, out of New York. And it's it's conservative it, slash though. it's conservative conservative slash libertarian. If you can pick it up in their bookstore, it's really good. It's actually it's pretty cheap too. It's like six bucks compared to all these other magazines. And um, they did an they did a uh, uh, ex not an expose, but they did a description of Nixon and what where he was at at the time. At the time, it was like the late '60s, and we had mm-hmm. all of this radicalism and racial right. strife and stuff like that, very similar to what it's like today. Right. Right. And what the author was proposing was that let's look back at what Nixon was trying to do in his second term and see if we can use some of those things to try and sort of tip over some of this radical bullshit that's going on and get us back to, you know, a country that works again. Right. And it was really interesting because I thought, well, of course, you know, (laughs) it's just like anything. All of this stuff has been tried before. Right. And and it probably will work if it was put into place, but he had such a time fighting against the bureaucratic state, which was so entrenched that he could only get so far. And then eventually more than likely all of this stuff that happened to him was probably was probably uh, set up by the bureaucracy, right. To get him out. Some of it. uh, Yeah. Some of it was. Yeah. Um, But he had all sorts of, uh, he had all sorts of interesting things in this platform about sort of, getting rid of all of this uh like pushing things down to the states and the music and the counties and getting rid of the bureaucracy and and getting rid of the whole leftist type of thing that was going that was just burgeoning like how can we how can we press this down and he was really really strong against these radical political movements and nowadays we're we're basically helping these radical political movements right when we're going in the complete opposite direction we're allowing them to destroy the fabric of the country so it was really interesting to see that did you do you remember any of that from his platform I, rem- I, I don't remember what you're describing what i what i do okay. remember is uh whip i remember his win thing with inflation now back when inflation was three percent right yeah, it was it was oh man milk prices of milk were going three percent three percent three percent something three 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 that was awful he was uh, we got to whip it now so he had to had the went the win uh whip inflation now i think is what it was right remember and he had you know he he would have um televised things this, this also is a little different is that they had they could demand they had three networks to deal with back then they didn't have fox 
Yeah. And cable was very early in its in its uh, progression. Yeah. So we, I mean, cable was really is more like you get different channels from different cities. It wasn't like right. TBS, none of that kind of stuff. Um, so you might get your local local channel or something well, like yeah, that. so you get your locals uh let me go back go we get our local channels which are about 40 miles away and we get them in a little bit so we didn't have to have an antenna mm-hmm. the other thing though is that our cable was usually dallas fort worth channels coming in when we were about 200 miles away mm. So that's roughly about it. So we get so we get like um, Dallas Fort Worth uh, Channel 11 was an independent channel at the time. Mm-hmm. Now uh, it's either Fox or CBS, I forget, but it was an independent channel for the, at the time. So we got to watch a bunch of old movies, you know, and so and they had their own um, Mr. Peppermint, I think, early in the morning, and I would get up. My dad used to get my dad used to get so mad. I'd go in there. I'd be sitting in there early in the morning watching the Three Stooges <laughs> and cartoons. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we had the same thing. I'm, we're we talking, had I'm in, Seven. I, out of high school, so I'm in there Commander, like 18, we, 20 years old watching Three Stooges. We had Commander Tom in Buffalo, so we got the Buffalo station, and they had shows mm-hmm. for kids in the mornings. Commander Tom, who was the weatherman at WKBW 7, would uh, don like this military outfit and he would be in like a fake spaceship. <laughs> he would introduce cartoons. <laughs> but yeah, I remember getting up early to watch that stuff. And, you know, so uh, going, so Nixon came in. We, we were, we were like, I, it's kind of an actually scary time because because we were seeing riots were that were not happening where we were. Right, right. We we saw the race, uh, the Watts riots, and it was, and that was that took over TV too. It's kind of kind of a little bit different than it is with cable, but it would take over TV, and that's that's all you saw was right. Watts, and there was another one that I can remember. I remember Watts, and, and I, this one when Nixon all, was president, so all that right? stuff was going on. And Kent State was happening, you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Vietnam was going on. So the we country were was just tearing itself apart. It was. And yeah. and so you had the hippies and peaceniks, which we didn't really understand very well. Mm. Not that we certainly didn't understand hippie culture. Now, the way I think of hippies now is they were they really didn't care about the society that they were that we were living in. Yeah, they were tearing things they, down. This is like we were saying. No, no, before. no. The, that's the radicals. I'm talking just the peace loving. Oh, the hippies. Smoking, gotcha. The real hippie, the the hardcore hippies. We're not mm. talking about the ones that were up there shaking things around and and the, the activists, not those guys. Mm. Um, in fact, even to this day, there's. I keep saying I'm going to do this and watch Malcolm X because I've never watched it. I I know about him. But I see things. I'm like, agree with that. But I didn't. It, he was he was painted as somebody you couldn't you you couldn't agree with because mm. he was he was so forthright. I'm not sure if I can even say the term. I need to watch some movie and see how Denzel walks in or read the autobiography. Maybe I ought to do that. I hate reading anymore. But <laughs> you got to anyway. stop doing that, man. 
I, well, I listen, I, I listen to way more than I read, and I'm getting different voices. I listen to you once a week, you know. <laughs> your your heart, we're hardly ever at odds with something, but we were well, at should, odds. Should we today. start getting at odds at, at things? Should we oh, start no, getting to I don't want to be crossfired. There's, <laughs> I just don't want to be it. I, I enjoy, I enjoy our, our, mutual admiration admiration society i really do so how do we do this um, how, do, how do we reveal the truth to people how is that done how do we finally get those things unearthed well you have to so it's not the truth you have to say which segment of truth because i don't um one of the things within the q movement is that the the, the things that are going to be revealed are so shocking and hard on people that they can't reveal it at the same time because we're split. Mm. I mean, and there is, there is, you don't hear this that much anymore. Is the reason that they were doing this is kind of like introduce, uh, what do you like, temper? You're tempering, like mm. you temper chocolate and you temper eggs. Right. Make, it, they're doing the same thing as they're having a small amount get heated up. So that when the large amount gets introduced, to it, we can make it safer now uh, by explaining kind of stuff. So you, you introduce it, you do introduce it slowly, but you do it to a very small target audience. That probably, uh, if you look at, um, we were hungry for stuff. I'm going to put myself in there, even though I'm, I don't really consider myself a, a big Q person. I followed it religiously. Mm. I was I was more I was way more lurker on this than I was an activist. Mm. I'm not I just I just I don't have in me to be an activist. Um and that's on many different fronts. I mean it's religious and political and I don't I don't feel comfortable telling people what to think and what to do. I just really have a hard time with that. Really? I remember. <laughs> yeah, oh oh You'll never Whenever be an influencer then. <laughs> no, I won't. It's, and and um, I just when I was teaching college, I I hated grading. I I, I would look at these kids and say, "You're paying two hundred dollars an hour for my class, and I'm gonna I'm gonna flunk you." Yeah. You know that that was that was really hard. I had a hard time with that. I hated really? grading. That is, is like okay. I understand I have to do it, but I don't like to do it. Right. And I would. I came up with all kinds of stuff. I had uh, early on when I was grading speeches, I had, um, I took my grading sheet and put it into a database to where when I put the dating, it would grade it for, it would put, it would do the, the subjective thing for me, basically. So that it would, that would kind of add up all this and subtract all that. And at the end, it wouldn't, it wouldn't lift for my, my my mental abilities to say this is your score the database did it i didn't tell my kids this <laughs> but it was it was it was my way of taking the emotion out of it or that's what i thought i was doing obviously coding the uh there's a fault with the coder that's the problem is yeah. if you find out that you can there's a fault with the coder that's where it's at so and I was faulty as all get out. And I still, <laughs> so I never, I never, I really never thought about that when I went in that I would, and that's why I'm one reason I never wanted to become an, um, uh, um, a university professor. And I'm like, 
I, I did it. It was something I wanted to do. I did it as an instructor. I didn't go in for the PhD and all that kind of stuff. Because right. I did not like doing I did not like that aspect of doing it. I hated hated telling people that they failed. I mean you can improve, but failing people, no. I, that is really hard to do. So you'll never be an influencer. How, how would how do we expect to have thousands of thousands and thousands of listeners if we're not going to tell people what to do? Well, I'm going to. That's, that's what, what people I'm want. Hanging, people I'm want to be told what to do. You, Chris. <laughs> come on, Chris. You're the marketer guy. You, you, well, you come up with all this stuff. You're do people want to be told what to do, or do they not? Yeah, okay, so that's a different question. Do they okay. want? Yes, they do. Okay, so this people want to be told what to do because they don't want to have to make the decision themselves. Yeah. Yep. And when we tell them so about that, like, oh, I was just following what, what Chris said or what Dutch said. And you know, so suddenly we become the decision makers for them. Right. Once again, that's I really, I, I remember my sister telling me, well, why don't you use your leadership skills on your mother and get her to do? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't do That's that. right. Use your I'm, leadership skills on your mother. <laughs> tell her what to I'm do. Like, yeah, no, I, I'm not. I understand what authoritarian and autocrat are. I am not autocratic at all. I do not tell people you do it this in my way or, or the highway. That is not it. I try to lead them. Where Dude, it that's makes what sense everybody does. Do Every single yeah, I, influencer tells people what to do. They, they tell yeah, people yeah, what to but, do. But, Tell, see, I don't tell them what to do. I'm saying you're like the anti-influencer. Is that well, is that a thing? I, you I can don't be the anti. Mean, you can you can do this. So this is my more than one way to skin a cat. Ties into this a lot of times. There's more than one way to do it. I yep. know that there's no one way to do anything. You can do it multiple ways. There's one. There's usually a way that is um, more efficient and more effective. Uh, in fact, there, I, don't, I shouldn't even say effective, but it either works or it doesn't. It's a binary. Mm, mm. It works or it doesn't. Efficient, on the other hand, is a gradient. So right. you're, it, so that's why efficiency, people will seek efficiency when they should be open. Does it work? That's right. the very first question they should ask is, mm. does it work? Does it work 90, 80% of the time? Okay. Then you're going to refine it from there, and then right. that's where efficiency comes in. Is something in there is not right, and mm. and but effective. The difference between effective and efficiency is the very first question: Is it effective? I could care less if it's efficient. If it's right. effective, then it works. Right, and that's I guess that's probably reading way too many um, pragmatist <laughs> books and all kinds of stuff. Even though I'm, I don't think. But effect effectiveness, but effectiveness includes the ability to tell people what to do in market and and sell, right? Otherwise, what well, would be you the point? okay. So let's see. If you're let's see, effective. If you have effective, I'm not going to say personally effective. If you have an effective process, mm -hmm. then you and it's robust. That's the other one. Does it work 80, right. 90 percent of the time? Yeah. You should share it. Yeah. That would that would be good influencing to me. It was because you're spreading you're like a little bee and you're pollinating them, you're pollinating the it, flowers. It's, it's valuable to you and it's value probably valuable to others. Oh, well. it's valuable to other people. 
Now, if right. you gain fame out of that, and 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 you and people come to you because you had a process, then you're going to make your money by teaching that process to many, many other people. Right. And, and that's kind of the other side of that is you, you want to... But you got to do both. You have to. You have to create the thing that, that that creates value, but you also have to talk about the thing that creates value, right? If you don't present the thing that, if you don't use your skills to, if you don't market. Well, the see, thing okay, or, now we're getting into the 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 the, the, the we're calling influencer, but what we're really talking about is persuading, right? And and there's. The problem I have with persuading is it's it's all it's manipulation, and mm. I have no problem with manipulation. It's just I do not want to be the one manipulating. <laughs> and I hear so we all manipulate. This this goes back to my persuasion class. What do you think about manipulation? I said we all manipulate. Oh yeah, every single one of us in their choice of words, in their choice of pausing. Even when they're not saying something, they're manipulating for some effect. Oh, hell yeah. Everyone Absolutely. does it. Mm-hmm. So w- whenever people say, well, you're manipulating me. Yes, I am. I admit it. <laughs> it, sounds like a bad, to, it sounds like a bad word. but It sounds like a bad thing, but it, it is not, something. It's, it's, it's something that I'm trying to benefit. I'm trying to benefit you by using my experience and i'm telling you you're right i'm not going to say you're wrong but I'm, there's another way to do it that's that's my modus operandi well is, there's yeah, another way to do it you could argue that manipulation is doing something for the manipulator's benefit and persuasion is doing something for the 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 one who's, the person who's but yeah the audience so you could you could argue that right it's like oh i want you to i'm telling you something that's good for you as opposed to it's good for me. So I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call that manipulation. Manipulation has that negative connotation, right? Even though it, it is does the same have thing. a negative connotation. It's the same thing. <laughs> for me, it doesn't. I, it doesn't have a negative. I don't, I, I just accept we all do it. And, and in fact, um, I have a thing that I call micro conflicts. Um, whenever we're communicating and there's any kind of disagreement, I'm, I, if I'm paying attention, I'm watching your body language and I'm watching your eyes. And the minute I see this, if I'm really hyped up, the minute you can see conflict happen mm-hmm. in their face or their body posture or something, if you're really sensitive, you can, and I will, I will say that makes sense. Or uh, we call it, it's called checking in, mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. where they are. Or, and so Rose and I have this major conflict. Is she doesn't hear what I actually say. She hears what she thinks. She thinks what I say. And I'm like, what did I say? You said, yeah. no, I did not say that. Hey, that happens to us all the time. <laughs> so anyway, go back to Nixon. And, and yeah, so, let's hear so... what you were thinking. So he was mentioning that uh, the, the article was stating that Nixon had some great ideas, but he never got a chance to implement them because of the bureaucratic state. Mm-hmm. And I almost think we're in the same position now. So I feel like the next conservative president, whoever it might be, probably Trump, comes in and tries to do the exact or very similar thing to what Nixon does. And oh, they're, they're trying to knock him out before he even gets to that point, obviously. But, oh, yeah, I you mean, know, 
does he have any right. chance of going up against this entrenched bureaucratic state and and actually dismantling it? So there's some so the the answer there lies in the executive orders that he did in his first term, I think. Mm. Um we've talked about this before is let me see what they um the executive service yes no it's a it's got a different acronym is it but it's executive e it's an es there's within journal within the government there's gs which is government uh, government service and then there's executive service mm-hmm. and executive service is supposedly you can't fire them mm. so the theory was is these are professional managers and they that you can put them in any any particular organization regardless of what it is and they should be able to run it mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the theory mm-hmm. and the, the what it has become is they've maxed out on being a, being able to um manipulate them using gs uh payment schedules and they so they put them in e in uh executive service because the salary caps release a little bit Mm. That's how Fauci got 140 or $210,000 a year. That guy needs to be, that guy needs to be uh, dealt with. I can't wait. I can't wait till that happens. <laughs> that, that will, if they, if they arrest him and the whole, the whole, why are they arresting him? And it all starts coming out in trial. That's going to be, that's going to be the one. The, oh. the, the thing. Um, so what, uh, what Nixon doesn't get a lot, he, he doesn't get a lot of credit for opening up China. Mm. I'm not sure that I would say that it's a positive now, but it was as a as a business person back then, it was an untapped labor market. Oh yeah, huge. And I think at the core, I'm not sure what I would say about the core of the Chinese. Uh, Communist Party at the moment, mm. and if, if that if that ends our show by saying the CCP, <laughs> <laughs> you've done it now. <laughs> I've done it. I'm, we're <laughs> NSA caught us on. Oh, they're talking about China now. Um, What's to talk about China? But I do think it's they, it's they have their own troubles. They have their own they troubles. Do, they do, and they have they have things that and that we don't know. I mean, oh um, hell yeah, they've got like. You know, they got all multiple huge amounts of things that are happening that we have no idea that are are horrible, just horrible. Well, it's not we never hear about the but the there's the humanitarian side of that too. Is yeah, from what I'm from what I'm hearing is is a big resurgence of Christianity in China. Mm. It's it's like it's underground, but it's it's huge. From what is there more? What they say that the the Chinese, the underground Chinese church is bigger than all the Christians in the United States, or something like that. Mm. I hadn't heard that in a long time, but I've ha- I have heard it. Um, so, going back to Nixon, he opened up China, but he did that. I'm not even sure because that started with table caught tennis, right? Ping pong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was called it was called ping pong dip- diplomacy at the time. <laughs> And they were saying, so we were we were fascinated by it because we knew nothing about China at the time. 
Yeah. So what our first really introduction was was two two ping pong ping pong players, one from China and one from the U.S. And was, there's a lot of jingoism and all that kind of stuff going on. Oh, hell oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Beat those filthy Chinese, whatever. <laughs> but it opened up, it opened up a, a hidden society mm. that we we really, as Westerners, we knew, and even today, I don't think we know new. Well, no, we know even less we now know enough. than we ever did. Mm-hmm. I think we almost Pardon? know less now about what's happening in China. Well, it we was did. so. What I will say there is that it was such a a um, monolithic, or portrayed as such a monolithic culture. Yeah. See, we're starting to find the Uyghurs and the Mongolians and the fact that there's Chinese, there's Sichuan and uh, Cantonese. See, it wasn't like that when when we were first hearing that. It was Chinese. Yeah. It was all Chinese. And now we're starting to find out there's segments there, and there's the business class, and there's the, and we're finding out there's millionaires in China, which is a mind-boggling thing. How do you get in a Chinese-controlled state? How do you get to be a millionaire? <laughs> like all, like all communist regimes, there's corruption. At, at, at some point, and capitalist regimes, there's, there's corruption. There's always some, corruption. There's <laughs> corruption at the top. So um, there's always corruption. Well, see, and and one of the things I wanted to talk about was, uh, uh, we'll talk about another time, next time. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. <laughs> it's on the board. Well, I mentioned it before, but I don't know if we got into it into much depth. What was but it? Uh, so you remember the that story about the indigenous graves in Canada that came out? I know something about this. Yeah. Uh, so I don't if you talk to me about it, the story is that they found graves of children. Right. In Canada, like hundreds of kids. And they came mm-hmm. out of these things called, I forget what this, there's some kind of school that they took. Cool. They took the kids from the, the, the from natives their parents. and they put them in Raised the schools, as, residential schools, that's what they were called. Yeah. And apparently some tribe says that they found a mass grave site where there were hundreds of these bodies. Right. But now it turns out that they haven't exhumed a single body and the evidence that they used to determine that there were bodies under there was this ground radar which supposedly uh, showed the bodies under there but apparently the tribe that did the scanning is refusing to release the results of the radar so now people are questioning was this all made up the hoax and it turned into this huge thing where it it basically changed a lot of the culture in canada because of that and i'm thinking how many of the other the the others of these things are happening well uh, i can think of one right now (laughs) one that the one that you want to look about is the hockey stick graph and climate change yes exactly exactly Um, so that's what i'm saying is that let's do a whole episode on this Hockey stick graphs and um, what would we call it? Anomalies? No, untrue anomalies. That would be one because what they're trying—they're trying to impact. They're trying to change something, and they—that's their method. Yeah, is to because um, 
we kind of going through the same thing. But I, 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 I don't want to say that I've watched this. It's um, Yellowstone 1883, I think, or yep. something like that. No, not that one. The next one. Uh, 1929. 20, is that the one? Yeah. Um, we're here. I think it's the one with Harrison Ford and, and Helen uh, Marin is that. And they have the they have reservation. Uh, I don't want to say reservation schools because it's not kids. Mm. They're grown. Oh, they're trying. It's like like job corps for Indians. Right. They're trying to right. teach them how to be servant staff and all this kind of stuff. Right, right. And there's there's some horrific stuff that are in that show. I'm like, okay, kind of what I kind of think is going on is they're showing us the un, underside of what we think was more pleasant. Right. And it, it wasn't. It was really, it was really terrible. But then the thing is, there's things, there's horrible things on both sides, right? Because yeah. if you read some and of that, the older, main hidden. yeah, yeah. But so, all they're revealing, they're revealing how bad the white man was, right? They're not revealing how there's, bad there's the red that. man was, right? There's, there's that. But on the, on the other, the, the red man or the Indian is also being recast as, as, um, what is it? Not, um, more ideal, uh, ideal. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, I think the, the noble savage pastoral. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, the noble savage are read, and I'm like, eh, you forget about the savage part. Yeah, 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 exactly. There's some stuff we're watching some of the westerns, and some of the stuff that they're portraying is was pretty horrific. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm, I'm guessing that they were trying back, back in the 50s, they were trying to show that this was that, I, that the white man way was the better way. Mm. And I'm sure that they probably picked like horrific incidences of Indian action and used it against them. Yep. So. Yep. Well, let, yeah, let's talk about that next time because there's okay. there's a deep there's a deep mine here. <laughs> yep. 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 All right, sir. Well, okay. I'll Have talk to you later, Chris. Thank right. you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. To be continued on the next episode of Oddly Incorrect.